and won't businesses again. Mm. And don't take it personally. You win some, you lose some. Yeah. You do kind of need that balance though. Yeah. So I was once given a piece of advice. Never make a life-changing decision without first consulting a woman. Did you mm. trust? Mm. That's very profound advice. Is it? Yeah. It's never worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Ouch. Welcome to Women of Steel on the Matt Brown Show. This Women's Month, we chat to dynamic women smashing gender norms and shaping the current and future world of business and entrepreneurship. Join us for an extraordinary series celebrating empowered women from all walks of life. Get inspired this Women's Month with Women of Steel on the Matt Brown Show. Power to the woman. Yeah. Don't tell us how to be empowered. Hey guys, not that I'm an authority in any way, shape or form, but being a woman shouldn't be a limiting factor to reaching great heights and paving the way for business success. You know, while we all want to live in a world where gender doesn't play a role in the way that we do business, unfortunately, that's still a reality. And my next guest is here to tell us why that's not necessarily a bad thing and that women can learn a lot from men and the way that they do business. So here in part seven of our Women of Steel series, I talk to four-time best-selling author, speaker and entrepreneur, Donna Rachelson, who has a lot to say about how to play as a woman in business. Donna is a driven entrepreneur with a passion for helping women, entrepreneurs, and corporate go-getters make their mark. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey guys, welcome back to part seven of Women of Steel on the Matt Brown Show. With me today is none other than the infamous. Oh, I gotta say you my gotta own say name. Your name. Oh wow, <laughs> I'm changing it Yo, up today. Oh, this has really changed around. <laughs> Donna Rachelson. Donna Rachelson, welcome to the show. <laughs> they might be few, but they sound like many. <laughs> <laughs> so. Donna, you are a four-time author, Um, you're an entrepreneur, you're a speaker, you have done amazing things in the world of business and entrepreneurship, but that's my understanding of who you are and what you're about, but put your story on a billboard for me. What does it say? My story on a billboard, what I'm about is helping corporate go-getters, women and entrepreneurs make their mark. And my journey through life has been about being a woman in business in predominantly male-dominated environments Mm. and learned some hardcore lessons. Um, I've been an entrepreneur, understand the pains of being an entrepreneur and the resilience that you need to, to pave your path and to be successful. And I've also been in the corporate world for quite a while and also understand what it takes to progress in a career. So those are kind of the three target markets I empathize with um, the most. And I'm passionate about helping each and everyone who comes into my fold to make their mark. Mm. So where, did this, where, where does your motivation come from? Because, I mean, I've, uh, I've obviously, as you know, written this book. You're in a game. Number one on Amazon, by the way. Just Yay! Thank you very much. Fabulous. I'm never going to stop telling people that now. Um, Fabulous. Fuck, it's going to be bad. Um, but, uh, but, I mean, I, I'm thinking about number two, obviously, the second book. Um, you've written four. I mean, hell. 
that's quite a journey. Where, where does your motivation come from? So, you know, I really believe in writing that you write most what you need to learn the most yourself. Huh. So I really, you know, write books. I mean, like here, this play to win what women can learn from men in business. It articulates when you read them, they seem quite logical. Business is a game. Don't take it personally. Ditch the small incremental moves. Say it. It doesn't have to be 100%. And these have been my big learnings in business, and but I got to keep learning. So when I can articulate my thinking um, in a way that it has meaning for other people, I learn most, and hopefully other people get value. Hmm. That is so true, one hundred percent true. I never actually, I never sort of you know categorized my own writer's journey in that sense. But the book is essentially that lexicon of things I had to figure out to get mm. to a place where you can make it. Yep. You know. So let's talk about this book, uh, Play to Win, uh, What Women Can Learn from Men in Business. It's this here book. Matt, you'll notice it's thin. It is. <laughs> Why is it so thin? Because uh, it's what women can learn from men in business, the sequel. Oh. What men can learn from women in business is going to be a huge <laughs> volume. <laughs> yeah, whoop, whoop, whoopee cushion. Okay, so that's pretty cool. You've got lessons in here, so there's nine of these. Uh, kind of like i got 12 principles in my book. Um, shall we go through these? Yeah, as many go as for as it. Business, lesson number one, businesses. By the way, where can you buy this book? So DonnaRachelson.com. Okay, cool. Is kind of the main channel for it. Uh-huh. Fantastic. Great. And so tell me, um, these lessons, I mean, are these from, before we get into them, I mean, are these, uh, you know, lessons from your personal experience? So, so it's a combination. As I said, I was in predominantly male-dominated corporates. Um, I was involved in a business that sold uh, fast food, chicken, Nando's, yeah. um, an explosives and chemicals factory, mm-hmm. a supply chain management company company chartered accountants so you can imagine predominantly male dominated and i learned a lot of good stuff had some fabulous mentors male mentors and i was also asked by one or two corporates to go and interview their leading ladies to see what they did to get ahead and what i realized about these women is that they were like men but they had something different they Mm. thought like men but they were different how they, they, embraced, they embraced what they brought as women to the workplace. Mm. And what women bring is very compelling. They are visionary. They are purpose-driven. They're very collaborative. They're great at building relationships. They manage risk very effectively. But the reality is the world of work was created by men. They were in it a lot before we were. And they approach business as a game. So there's lots we can learn from them. Mm. And if we embrace these these lessons, plus combine that with what we bring as women, which is very compelling, I believe it's a powerful combination for women to get ahead. Hmm. So let's dive into that. Business is a game. What's the general takeout on that one? So the general takeout is if you look at women when they're younger, when they're growing up, mm. they play in smaller groups, they focus on consensus and intimacy. Mm. I remember when I was growing up, I had like six Barbie dolls and one Ken, and we all played together and looked at ways that all the Barbies could share the Ken. 
You know, it was you can imagine quite a game to ensure that everybody was happy. Competitive match. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the game that women play. Whereas you look at boys when they're growing up, very much playing bigger groups. It's about competitiveness. It's sports. And they learn at a very early stage in kind of their play career that you win or you lose. And they learn to accept that. And they bring that to the world of work. Business mm. is a game. Mm. You win some and you lose some. Whereas women, we tend to focus more on purpose, on the relationships, on collaboration. And sometimes, which leads to my second point, is sometimes we take things too personally. Mm. And sometimes it's perceived that women are emotional. Um, but, you know, we take things personally. Whereas guys, you know, kind of, you can see two guys that don't necessarily get on very well. They don't really like each other. But for the sake of business, they'll get over it. They'll get over it. Yeah. They'll deal with it. They'll do their business, you know, and, and do what they need to. Whereas women, you know, sometimes we fall out with somebody. And because of that fallout, we don't understand how we can do business with them. Mm. So the two are quite tied. Business is a game. Mm. And don't take it personally. You win some, you lose some. Yeah. You do kind of need that balance though. Yeah. So I was once given a piece of advice. Never make a life-changing decision without first consulting a woman that you mm. trust. Mm. That's very profound advice. Is it? Yeah. It's never worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Ouch. no, no, but it's true. I mean, like, I I always talk to my wife about big stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I have decision fatigue. Like, Donna, I can't fucking tell you. I make so many decisions. I, like, I literally, people come, they'll come, like, I, my own team come to me and they'll go, what, should we do this or do this? And I'm like, what do you think? Because I just don't, yeah. like... Make your own fucking decisions and yeah. then come to me with the results. This isn't working. Okay, now I can get involved. But if yeah. it involves something that you're immediately responsible for, then make your own decision. Why yeah. are you making me make your decision? You know what I'm saying? For yeah. you. What yeah. do you need? I'm not here to mother you. you know, that sounds a great management even. style. That sounds awesome. Is it though? It's kind of, well, it looks know. like you've got a pretty effective team here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this team looks, this it's team like, looks happy. <laughs> but um but it is true right because you know you are right i think you're touching on something that hasn't come up in the last seven episodes which is is fundamentally the different models of the world yeah you know what i mean and and what are the underlying drivers of those two things you know women being motherly nurturing you know they're the ones they they're having babies for a reason the men aren't you know what i mean and so there's there's different Entirely different paradigms of thinking. Yeah. And so if you if you want to get to the truth or have a balanced view about something, then you should be consulting with a woman. Yeah. As a man, I mean. For no, one hundred percent. So look, there's phenomenal research coming out that companies that have um, representation of women in their senior management and executive have reported kind of fifteen percent increased profits. There's new research that's actually just come out. In fact, I wrote a thought leadership piece this month for Women's Month, is that women are scoring higher in terms of leadership capabilities. Really? Yeah. On about 84% of the leadership competencies. Really, yeah? Yep. We know that women make phenomenal entrepreneurs. Yeah. So, you know, there's a good business case for women. And, you know, we've got to step up our game in South Africa in terms of embracing them. 
not only in the corporate world, but also from an entrepreneurial perspective. And where is this research coming from? Where can we learn more? Yeah, so there's a lot of research from McKinsey International. Oh, really? That's really delved deep into this. Um, The World Economic Forum has done a lot of research um, on this. In fact, there was also some research that came out that economies around the world could increase by a third just by virtue of having more women in senior leadership. So there is compelling stats of the case for women. So it's no longer whether women are good or need to be in the workplace. Mm. It's about how do we embrace that? How do we change mindsets? How do we kind of set aside our little biases? How do we ensure from a recruitment and promotion perspective that women are given fair play? Mm. And how do we ensure that we have inclusive environments? Those are big questions. Big but mm. important. And, yeah, totally. you know, especially this Women's Month. Yeah. You know, I think we've gone beyond the pink pretty cupcakes and, you know, the nice marketing events for women. Mm. And I think we've got to start embracing the real issues now. Yeah. Women don't just belong in marketing. Exactly. Or HR. Well, yeah, exactly. Is that a thing? HR? <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So this third thing here is don't wait to get noticed. Yeah. So interesting. Women, a lot of women spend a lot of time waiting. We wait to be asked out on dates. We wait to um, for marriage proposals. We wait and we wait and we wait. Yeah. And, you know, really what women need to start doing is putting themselves out there more. You know, guys kind of walk into an organization and see themselves as a CEO. Um, you know, they're a lot more confident, put themselves out there. They look big. They look confident. Um you know, and we certainly need to, to start embracing that as women. Well, they believe that they can be yep. the CEO. Yeah. The men. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Like they pitch up like I can do that. I'm just, you know, It's like, you know, I was talking to um, a good lady friend of mine and, um, and I said to her, look, well, you're, you're meeting the CEO of this whole network thing. So when you meet him, you basically go to him and say that you want this. You put a, you know, stake your claim. I want, this is, this is what I want. Well, here's what you need. Here's firstly the problem. Here's the opportunity. I'm the best person to deliver that. And, um, and that's that. And I want 3 million and, I'll, and you're going to pay me over 12 months. Mm-hmm. That's how I think, mm-hmm. you know, and could, could I get that past the, the gate? <laughs> In other words, could I get commitment that, okay, or even just entertaining the idea. It was just, I'm not ready. But when are you ready? Are you mm. ne- you never you never ready anyway. So you just have to go for it. Exactly. What, otherwise, my my thing is like if you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't look for the car parking spot right outside the front door, you're never going to fucking get it. Okay, but here's the interesting thing because that's another chapter. Ask, don't hint. Really? Yep. Okay. So men are really great at asking. Mm. They ask for their increases, they ask for their share schemes, they ask for their incentives, etc. And whereas women, we tend to hint. And the fact of the matter is you've got to go out there straightforward and ask exactly for what you want. And I agree with you. When you put it out there, you put it straight, that's what you get. Mm. So, you know, and I think it's sometimes a lack of confidence that women have to actually just put it out there and say I'm worth it. Um, Where does that come from, though? In your, or maybe, maybe there's no answer to that one. But how do you overcome that? Like you're saying, don't hand ask. So, 
someone who's thinking, a woman listening to us right now, definitely there's someone listening to us right now who's like, well, you know, I want more, you know, and I kind of feel like that's the thing for me, uh, but I don't have that. I don't have the spark to light that kindling. What's, what do you say to that woman? Yeah, so I think, you know, I think firstly women have to kind of step into that power and really I advise some women to actually create a PR strategy for their best friend. A How PR would, strategy for your best friend? Yeah. How would you kind of put your best friend out there, get them noticed, get them in the limelight, get them to talk about their achievements, get them to talk about themselves in a positive and empowering way, mm. and then take that strategy and implement it for themselves. Much easier for do, to do it for somebody else, yeah. but then to apply it to themselves. You know, start packaging the value that they deliver and talk about it. Often a woman won't take recognition for themselves. They'll say, oh, it was the team. It wasn't really me, you know, instead of owning that. Um, and, you know, another thing which is a bit of a problem about women is we tend to be unbelievable perfectionists. And the problem around that is that we won't speak out unless it's 100%. What's not 100%? Yeah, like if we're doing a project or we or we work oh, right, on something. right, if it's not perfect. If it's not like uh. 100% perfect, whereas a guy you know, you'll see that he's prepared something and it's not half as prepared as the woman's prepared for it, mm. but they stand up like it's perfect and they'll put themselves out there. Hmm. So women tend to hold back and it's been proven scientifically that they do hold back. And what's worse is they even hold back when they feel that they're around people that are more intelligent than them or in a higher kind of position that they tend to hold back. I've had that feeling though. Isn't that a normal, a natural thing for most people to to have? Like, you know, you don't want to say the wrong thing, you know? I I think to an extent we all do, but I think that men are able to overcome it a lot easier than women. I just don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... This is what I think. Take it or leave it. But I'm going to stop here and then we're going to get into the rest of it. But um, let's do quote of the day. Take us through this one, Donna. Wow. I was actually coaching somebody today who had some quite limiting beliefs about what she could achieve. And, you know, we, we spoke through some stuff. And basically, I have a strong belief that your attitudes and beliefs drive your behavior. And if you have negative self-limiting beliefs... Sure enough, that's what you're going to achieve in life. So start thinking big. Mm. Start thinking you can achieve whatever and you'll achieve it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there. I know being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely experience. You sometimes get stuck, don't you? Well, if you're like me, being stuck sucks. But what if you could access the minds of over 850 CEOs who have built companies generating billions of dollars in revenue and access all of that knowledge in a fraction of a second? Well, the good news is you can literally do that today. What my team have built is Matt Brown AI. It is trained on all the interviews, over 850 of them that I've done to date, all my books, 
blocks all the knowledge capital that has been generated over the last 10 years right here on the Matt Brown Show. And you can get access to all of that right now for free. So how do you get access to this? Well, head on over to mattbrownshow.com and at the top you'll see community. Hit that link, sign up, it's absolutely free and you'll be given instant access to Matt Brown AI and a community of over 100,000 subscribers. What you believe, you achieve. You have to think big. Think big. Is that bad handwriting? Thank goodness I'm Yours not a. Yours is worse than mine. Really? I never thought hey? I'd find and that's saying something. Hey? You're like a kindred spirit of bad hand bad, bad handwriters. Oh. <laughs> um, cool. So we're going to play a quick game of uh, Don't Laugh uh, with old Chris here. Chris is our um, in-house comedian. He's been briefed as part of the Women of Steel series. To not make our guests laugh, and he's doing a oh, that's fantastic gonna be job. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> over to you, Chris. Okay, so you want me not to laugh? Yeah, you can try to see how long I can not laugh. It's going to be impossible, though. Okay, <laughs> good luck. Game okay, over. So <laughs> here we go. Game over. Sweet. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I was sitting in the bank the other day, and a bank robber comes in with a barraclava and a gun, and he shouts out, Get down! And I was like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only funny because you started doing that uh, Elvis routine I've never seen before. Don't jig. do that again. Okay, um, so, so another bank joke. So a, a robber walks into a bank and he walks up to the teller and he points the gun at the teller and he says, give me all of your money or you are geography. And she looks at him and says, don't you, don't, don't you mean history? And he says, hey, don't change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> Tough crowd today. <laughs> okay, um. Where there's a will, there's a relative. <laughs> uh, bonus round, one more, Chris. Go on. Uh, okay, um, <laughs> so, so my girlfriend asked me to go out and uh, get her something, get something that makes her look sexy. So I went out and uh, I got drunk. <laughs> Uh, round of applause. Thank well you. Learned. Thank you. Jeez, Donna, that's just stone cold. Stone cold, Donna Rachel. Rachel's no, but right you told me not to laugh. I just follow instructions. Was it funny, though? Yeah, it was. they were good. They were, they were good. good. They were I'm really good. loads of emails from people saying how funny you are, Chris. No, you Chris, could become, A+. Plus. You could become a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, heavy, man. Okay. So, where were we here? So, we got to... Uh, okay, let's go to focus on results and deliverables. That kind of self-explanatory, right? Yeah, it is self-explanatory. I mean, just interesting research coming out that women fare really great compared to men, except on two criteria that are critical to business, which is commercial and business acumen. So what tends to happen is a lot of development programs for women fo focus on assertiveness and work-life balance and brand and all that kind of stuff, 
Whereas the research is coming out that actually where the focus needs to be is on enhancing their business and financial acumen. Really? Yeah. How does one do that though? Well, where does one start? Is I it an MBA or? I mean, a lot of kids. Not necessarily. I mean, a lot of young women can't afford MBAs, let alone tertiary education. So, what do you say to someone like that? No, if it's I, think about I, I think that women need to be aware of it. So, there's an example I give in the book of how a CEO is mentoring two people, a man and a woman. He taught the man about the business and the woman about confidence. And he didn't even realize he was doing that. So to be aware when you're a woman that kind of that mentorship, that support that you're getting ahead in your career is to ask for that. I want to understand strategy. I want to understand the financials. I want to understand how this business works. Don't just focus on soft skills because that's not all I need to get ahead. I want to understand the business. Right. That's a great point, actually. Because you kind of get put into a specific role within the company, and that's where you stay. Agreed. Because your knowledge doesn't increase. Agreed. And I mean, you made the point, you know, we don't want women having all the marketing jobs and the HR jobs. Mm. I mean, but like empower them. That's such a bias. Hey, it's funny why I said that. You know what I'm saying? Like, where did that come from? Yeah, but it's true. Yeah. You know, but empower women with the financial and business acumen that they need so they can progress in the organization, take the leadership roles that they need to that's going to enhance your business anyway. Do you, do you believe that there should be like specific women in focus, like training courses, you know, like we just had um, Danny Dixon, the head of marketing for Investec on the show. Didn't ask her this, but they've been promoting the stories of their own women internally and then, you know, more, more broadly outside in the marketplace um, to attract talent. Um, and, but if, if it is about knowledge and skills, you know, acquiring and stuff like that, do you believe that there should be woman focused specific training, you know, funded and essentially procured by brands like Investec or any other big company for that matter? So I think there's a two pronged approach. Um, I believe strongly, and that's why I wrote the book, Play to Win What Women Can Learn from Men in Business. Because when I work with women and highlight these principles, they go, wow, mm. but that makes sense. How can I work with that? And how can I show up differently in the workplace? So I think it is that, but combined with conversations between men and women mm. to really understand some of the issues that sit behind why women aren't getting ahead in the organization mm. and what needs to be done to rectify it. So I don't just think it's a woman issue and I don't think it's just a man issue. I think it's everybody's issue. Well, an another question I have is if you did do that, are you not just reinforcing the status quo of inequality? No, I don't believe that because, and I don't believe this discussion just applies to women. I think it's all diverse groups. Mm. I think that as South Africa, we are not embracing diversity as much as we should. Mm. It doesn't matter if you're lesbian, gay, transgender. It actually doesn't matter. But, um, you know, different groups think differently and need to be engaged positively in the workplace. Because what is real is that companies with diverse boards, company with diverse supply chains perform better. Because you have creativity, you have innovative thinking, you have access to new markets, you have competitiveness. And so that's why I'm such a strong advocate of inclusion and diversity. Yeah. 
And we need more of it. We need lots more of Phew. it. So much more. Um, so this one is about work your network like a man. Mm. Shouldn't it be like a woman? <laughs> no. Believe it or not, um, men are much better networkers than women. And the reason being is, you know, it's quite interesting. I was sitting with my husband on the couch and he needed some specific legal advice in his business. And he said he's going to phone up this Mark guy um, for some free advice in terms of how he should handle this. I said, oh, who's this Mark guy? He says, no, no, I went to school with him. I said, oh, that's interesting. Um, have you seen him since school? He said, no. I said, how possibly can you phone him up and ask for free advice? He said, easy. Pick up the phone and phone. Whereas us women, if we haven't been in touch with somebody for six months and I approach somebody, they're thinking, oh, you know, how can she hasn't asked about my new job? She hasn't asked about my children. And now she wants something from me where we tend to focus a lot more on the on the relationship. So I've learned tons from men in networking. And you can be flipping direct. Mm. You need stuff, phone up people, ask for what you want because men leverage their networks really, really well. Mm. And they do that all the time. Yeah, they do. Do I? We do that all the time. Like, oh, just call yeah. What? <laughs> Thank you. What do you mean? Oh, you mean with the with the book and stuff? Yes, or what? Yeah. Or in general? Yeah, it's just general. You're really good at that. Just get it over the line. <laughs> <laughs> we go way back. <laughs> yeah, like two weeks. <laughs> Just call him. Um, I think that's pretty interesting, right? And also the other thing I'll say about that is that your network is your net worth. It's like the guy, we, we're going to do um, a new series. Uh, I'm going back into blockchain and crypto. Uh, not necessarily trading, but just as you know, the tech, maybe the tech, not, I don't really know. But I mean, I was like, well, and, and it didn't come from me. Or did it come from me? Anyway, whatever. But it, but basically, we lined up like a dozen guests because I just know them. Yeah. No, and I mean, that's your superpower. The fact you do have an awesome network, you mobilize it, you use it, and that's awesome. The other thing I'll say is start a podcast because I wouldn't have that without it. Agreed. Agreed. Do something. Oh, absolutely. Connect people. One hundreds. Just a microphone. That's One hundreds. Um, fake it till you are it. Yeah. I mean, I believe strongly and it's just because I had to do it so much in my career. I mean, my second job, I was a marketing director. Mm. I knew nothing about being a marketing director. And I had to step into it and I had to fake it until I really could do it. Um, and I think there's something to be said about it. Um great um, kind of person you might have seen on YouTube, Amy Cuddy. She's a lecturer and a behavioralist. And what she says is you need to imitate like the animals in nature. Those that kind of look big and put themselves out there, their body language actually impacts how they show up. Whereas women tend to kind of fold up more. Mm. Whereas, you know, men are a lot more open and bravado. And just by virtue of changing your body language mm. can actually impact how you're perceived and how you come across. Hmm. It's weird, eh? I've just had a funny thought about that. So there was a, a thing on, it was like some program on Netflix, some nature program. Uh, it was narrated by, who's that British dude again? Oh, uh, David Attenborough. David Attenborough, yeah. He's amazing for his age, eh? So... Uh, okay, thanks, Q. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, and so, and he's like, this is the blah, blah, blah bird, you know. 
and it basically chills <laughs> in this space, right? <laughs> That's exactly. And it's it. a male bird, and he and he chills there, and he cleans this one square meter area until there is nothing there. It's it's like it's clear, clear, and he will stand there and he will just wait, and then the and then the the, the chick doesn't come. And the woman doesn't come, Lady Bird or whatever, and uh, he just, the next day, comes back, and then obviously leaves fall, and twigs moves and stuff, and little ants and stuff, and he comes and he cleans out that area every single day until it's so that it's perfect, because if it's not perfect, she won't come. Mm. Anyway, so then she eventually arrives, and this bird does this most insane dance. It is like algae, like... Like the get, like the gayest of the gay, like thing, and like this dude is just dancing, and he's showing off like there's no tomorrow here. And then if she doesn't dig his performance, which is amazing, by the way, you don't even think birds can do this kind of thing, and it's beautiful and it's pretty. Then she bins him if it's not perfect. She'll move on to the next one. But if he's lucky, that's his mating partner. So what's funny about that story is that in nature, the woman actually has all the power. Yeah. In that example, which is weird, eh? Yeah, but it's not. I mean, there are lots of examples in nature of where the women have the power. Mm. I mean, they also kind of do most of the hunting in the animal world, which is intriguing. Do they? Yeah, they do. I mean, I saw a very sorrowful sight. Oh, that's actually true. Lions do that? Yeah. I just come <coughs> back from the bush, and there's this leopard eating this impala in the tree. And the guide says to us, very sad story. The woman caught the impala, and it was a lone male. And he took it from the female because he needed to eat. And he's a bit too old to hunt for himself. How's that? Mm. So, cheeky woman. Bugger. Yeah, cheeky bloody bugger. Hey? Yeah. Cheeky. Anyway, I was <laughs> there was one YouTube video I watched as well. As well. It's like there's like a, an, like a trail of like, um, like, at, like buck basically running. And there's this female lioness and she's just chilling there. And she's watching recently on YouTube, mm. on Facebook. She's chilling there, and you can see all the tourists watching, like all this. Um, I forget the name of the bloody animal now. Um, but she's just chilling, watching, 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 and literally, like a hundred of these animals literally run like a meter past her. And she's not, she's just chilling. She's waiting for the right one. Mm. And then this massive male lion just comes flying in over her shoulder and like cleans out like this. It was like, what are you doing? doing exactly. <laughs> oh, Wasting awesome. time. Fuck. Yeah. Anyway, it was like funny. Nature's a funny thing. Um, so why did you write this book? What were you hoping to get out of it? I just want to give women a tool to feel more confident in the workplace. Um, and that's the feedback I've got from the book. Mm. Hey, wow, this is really empowering. It's a short, sharp read. I like writing short books so that people can kind mm. of read them on an airplane, but really leave with some deep insights that kind of help them approach the workplace differently. Mm. So that's why I wrote it. And what else are you doing in this space specifically? Obviously, you're a speaker and so on and so forth. Can you tell us more about the kind of talks that you give? Yeah, so um, I specialize in personal branding. So that's one area I'm really passionate about. In fact, I've just released the fourth book, um, Personal Branding for Entrepreneurs, which really kind of takes my learning from personal branding and focuses it for entrepreneurs, which is really important because entrepreneurs don't have tons of money to spend on marketing. Mm. And you know as well as I do the importance of personal brand in the context of building your business brand. So, you know, really excited about that. 
And, you know, I do some interventions in the workplace with women, you know, helping their management think about different ways that they can help women get ahead. And I find that pretty exciting. Mm, it is. I, I'm, I'm starting to question the direct link between my personal brand and this business. Talk to me. So I'm not saying that personal, you must, you must do it. Like if you must be branding yourself in yep. the thing that you want to be qualified in. Yep. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, I mean, this book has been insane. I didn't want to write it and then I wrote it and then, you know, it's just, it, be, it, was, be, it was on bestsellers list in print here within a week and then two days later it was number one on Amazon. But the phone's not ringing because of the book. Mm. And that's an important thing. Also, the book has got nothing to do with what we do as a business. Mm. You know, it's like I, I'm all about you and I'm all about, you know, the 200 other guests that have been on the show and, you know, the listeners in 100 countries around the world. I care about those people. It's a book for entrepreneurs, but I'm not selling a personal branding service if I, for entrepreneurs like you might be. Do you know what mm. I mean? Um, and so I'm starting to question the the link to personal branding to bottom line um, in the sense that my, I can get into any boardroom now. I can, I can definitely charge more for a keynote because now I'm an Amazon number one uh, author. Um, but it's still questionable. doesn't make sense. Um, I can go and do a talk to a thousand girls. I can do those kinds of things. I can start to contribute more because of my personal brand. Um, but if I'd written a book about, you know, uh, technology and pipeline and stuff like that, and maybe, maybe it might be more relevant. And this is a little thing I've noticed. It's like, you know, they say that, um, like John Sane, bless him. He says that a, a book is the best business card you'll ever have. Mm. Um, and I'm like, well, is it though? Is it really the best business card you can ever have? Um, it's great if you want to sell it. A talk about the book that you've just you know that you're writing about but this i'm just saying for my personal journey and my personal brand specifically and this specific business as it is right now today i feel like there's there's fundamentally a disconnect between the two also my motivation for writing the book had nothing to do with this business it was never meant to be uh, an asset that I would use internally and, and, and whatever. I mean, we put out God knows how much content. We're doing a podcast every day. Yeah. You know, and that's, people know who I am, but, um, and I don't even care about that necessarily. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, what do you say? To, what's your words of wisdom yeah, to so, me in so that I space? Think there, I think there are a few points I wanted to make. So I think besides the book, Matt Brown, Digital Kung Fu, you're at a great place, you know, having built your personal brand. I mean, Matt Brown is a great personal brand and you're mobilizing that personal brand to build your business brand. As your business expands, the Matt Brown becomes less important than digital Kung Fu. I hope so. But the fact is, you know, you've been integral in building the business. For me, and the one thing I learned from book number one, and, you know, I'm really lucky I've had two bestsellers, um, you know, it's for me, it was never about the book being bestseller. It wasn't about making money because you actually don't make money from books. Um, true. true. But it was always about um, having something that people 
could have to empower them to help them in their journey if they were exposed to my talks or workshops to have something to take away that could reinforce the learning. It was never about kind of having the objective that this is going to help build my business. It was really about how can I give something to people that's going to be useful, impactful, and empower them more in on their journey. Mm. Um, and, and I think for me, that's the thinking that you've got to have when you're an author, um, unless you're like the John Grishams or, you know, those kind of people that it is a pure kind of profit play. <clears throat> yeah, I think um, so. I think, you know, a personal brand really has a lot of value when you don't have a business. So like, so there's a couple things here. So the one, my mentor is a, is a billionaire um, in Rands, but anyway, he's super rich. Um, and so I, I met with him and I was like, you know, uh, digital Kung Fu, you're going to build a monster and then eventually I'm going to sell it. And he goes, okay, well then you need to, as he said, your biggest barrier right now is that it's the Matt Brown show. Mm. He said, that's the biggest reason why people won't buy it mm. because your personal brand is bigger than the brand, the company. Mm. Um, and that needs to change and it needs to change fast. And you also need to do these things, blah, 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 blah. And you need to do it like fucking right now sort yeah. of thing. You know, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you're serious well, that about makes it. Sense. That makes sense. Because <clears throat> like, you know, you know, let's just say as a hypothetical example, I sell digital Kung Fu, what have I got left? Mm. Or, or cash, but now I've got a personal brand. And with the personal brand, I can now start something new, and that would lend the new thing credibility. Exactly. So yeah. I but think you've just reinforced your business. Though. No, no, but it's reinforced the reinforced the case that you take your personal brand with you into the next venture. There you go. But I would say that you couldn't have brought digital kung fu to where it is today without a Matt Brown brand. It's really catapulted. Mm what you've achieved in terms of digital Kung Fu. But I do agree with your mentor that you don't want this brand to be so big that it overtakes what the business needs to achieve. Mm. That I do agree. Yeah. It's got to be, because the thing, it's a balance. Yeah, that's it. And it's like, you know, it's the whole, the whole, um, you know, analogy of people buy people first and then the product or service. I actually almost disagree with that more and more. Uh, I think people buy the, the results. Um, and they don't give a fuck who's selling it. If you can, if as long as it's like, if you and I were selling the same thing, you know, it's like if you sell it better than me, like take this bat for instance. If you sell that bat to a baseball player better than me, I'll buy it from you, right? Because it's the best bat or whatever your pitch is. But it's kind of like, well, it's a I'm I'm buying the bat because it's going to hit that ball out of the ballpark more so than other bats. I agree with you, but you it know? depends on your business. If you're a people-centered business, if you're like a professional service, mm. people buy people. That you cannot get away from. If it's a commodity like a, like a bat, obviously you're going to buy the best value and the one that performs better. Mm. But you know, definitely in people-based businesses, people buy people before products or companies. Yeah. I really do believe you that. You I do. Okay, cool. I also would say that um, having a good, a great personal brand will attract people. Agreed. To you. Agreed. So if you want, I mean, I would say a big reason why people stick around here, and it's a tough, it's a tough environment. You know, we we're scaling up. We're all about results and performance, and we're not about the fluff. And everybody has a job to do, and you must do it well, like from day one, sort of thing. That's yeah. that's kind. Of, we're a performance culture, a sales culture. 
So it's not it's not easy, you know. And and you know we're a startup; we don't pay massive salaries. And so you would say, well, why do people stay? Yeah. And there's two reasons. One is because they learn f- fucking loads about how to run a business. True or false? True. True. And the second thing would be that they they buy into this Mac Brown show story. Yeah. That they trust that with with me at the helm that they at the business will only continue to mm. get bigger. Mm. Also they learn from people like you and all their guests that come here every day. <laughs> so the interesting thing is why I believe personal branding is important for entrepreneurs because they got to get money. And I guarantee when you're pitching your business for money, people back the jockey before the business. Really, mm. really important. Totally true. You got to get strategic alliances. You got to attract the right kind of staff. And it's critical that you have a strong personal brand to do that. Mm. It's just hard to imagine a situation where, you know, I'd have to find a country head because I'm now starting country two. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's your challenge. That's the biggest concern for me. That's your challenge. No one else can just pitch up here and expect to. Yeah, but the question is how do you inculcate that digital kung fu culture? Because yeah. you've created a culture. Mm. You've kind of driven the culture, created it. Your people have bought into it. They behave according to it. Now, how do you start bottling that and package it in the context of recruiting the right people, ensuring they stay in the organization, that they lead in a similar kind of way? That's your challenge as you so set up next country. It's so hard, man. Like, honestly, scale is the most frightening thing. No, hearing you. It's so scary. Not even a question. It's beyond. Not I mean, even I, a question. Like Google and WeWork, and I don't understand it here. Yeah. Like, what, how do you, like, outside of having, you know, 100 or $10 billion behind you, maybe that's the secret. I don't know. But uh, I don't think, I, I think le- less and less today, you can do it or, or, or in a services space. You have to be tech. Like you have to have some platform product. We like have to have some tech component to what you totally. I, I, It doesn't matter what the nature of your business. If you don't have that, you're never going to scale. I mean, we see that with entrepreneurs. It doesn't matter if you're in manufacturing. It doesn't matter if you're service-based. You have to integrate that tech component. It's, mm. not, it's non-negotiable. Even if it's not like market-facing. It has yeah. to be internal. Exactly. Spot on. It is a non-negotiable. Yeah. That goes from like a 5X multiple to a 20. Correct. You just need to build it. Spot on. Mm-hmm. Spot on. So let's wrap this up, Donna. Um, why do you do what you do? What gets you out of bed in the morning? I love every day of my life. And I suppose for me, I love the variety. So for me, it's about I lecture, I speak, I run my businesses, I invest in businesses, I've invested in four businesses. And I just, I love variety. Mm. And I really just can't wait to get up every morning. Amazing. Um, and just with that feeling, knowing that I'm impacting people's lives in a powerful and positive way. Preach. <laughs> Donna Rachelson, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Donna. Thanks. 
This edition of the Map Round Show is brought to you by NetworkSpace.co.za. In fact, our studios are here in building number four at Network Space up in Johannesburg. These guys have made us a huge deal, have really bent over backwards to give us the kind of service that most exciting businesses deserve. If you want more information about Network Space, you can actually come and check out our studio. We are always open to meet new entrepreneurs and business owners from around the country, and you can do that right Right here at NetworkSpace.coza. Thanks for checking out the Map Round Show, guys. And if you'd like to get the Kung Fu put in your ninja, check out digitalkungfu.co.za. Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my clients Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.